think I want to be the president of the world. What do you mean you want to be the president of the world? <laughs> you can't even see without glasses. How can you be the president? Yeah, see, that's why I need to be the president of the world. How Blair, come on. Blair. What? You wear glasses, too. And so, on top of that, you're also blonde. Can we not forget um, that? Yeah. What does... Okay. The blonde hair, okay. the blue eyes. Whatever, fine. Bad I don't know point. what Jude's talking about, but blonde, Blair. Blonde. <laughs> <laughs> and let me just point out here that I'm the best choice. The I'm best yeah. choice. Yes, best. I'm clearly the smartest out of you guys. Oh, I have the best ideas. Okay, but wait. Uh-huh. Who's the shortest of this group? Okay, what does height have to do with anything uh, about what is this? What color? <laughs> or eye seeing you mean eyesight yes exactly <laughs> yep, that's, that's why, why both I, of you shouldn't be the president <laughs> welcome back to digging deeper to episode five i'm jude i'm blair and i'm alexis is that what you think i sound like <laughs> i'm so offended <laughs> no i got too excited and just said it you said it's so country. I don't sound like that. My name's Alexis. <laughs> <laughs> welcome Rude. back to Digging Deeper. Woo! Yay! We do that every episode. No one's this excited. <laughs> I think they are. I'm uh, excited. Yeah. When I re-listen to it, I'm excited. Hmm. You re-listen to this? Yeah. Nice. I, I am the one She's that edits. She's to get our views up. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. So um, what, are, what are we talking about today, Alexis? This is back. We're back around full circle it's your week i know but you're rushing into it i thought we were gonna do our little catch-up i have okay. a movie and everything okay. i was just gonna let the audience know what to expect okay well we're doing <laughs> the history of political ad campaigns which Amazing. i think is gonna yeah i'm very excited i am very very excited about it's, this topic. yeah this is definitely gonna tie in with our current events mm-hmm. because you know it's voting time exactly mm-hmm. and whenever this is published if you're listening to it it'll be november 2nd and November yes. 3rd, and I know I say second year, but November 3rd is the day to go vote, the last day to vote, mm-hmm. the day of voting, if you will. Make yes. sure you vote and do that. Okay, yes. let's do our catch-up. How about that? Alexis, would you like to start since you're so excited? I know. I watched a whole movie, and I was so excited to bring it to the podcast. And my movie this week, I think I talked about Employee of the Month last week. Did I? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, no, you talked about a scary movie. Didn't I you? thought I talked about Rocky Horror. Yes, and, you did. Okay, I thought I did. The movie for this week is Employee of the Month. It was a very cute movie. It's on Netflix. If you choose to go watch it, it's about this guy, and he goes against this other person in the store, and he is Employee of the Month every single time. And then the other guy is like a boxer in the store. Not a boxer. Like, he doesn't hit people, <laughs> but he deals with boxes. That's what I imagined, like, Rocky working on. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's not what this is. But basically, there's a guy who works on the register. He's Employee of the Month every time. Then a girl comes in, and you know it's all about the girl. The employee, and apparently she only went for Employee of the Month at her own store. It never truly explains much about that which is my problem with the movie however it was a very cute sappy love story about how the box guy he wanted to become the employee of the month to impress her and he ends up doing all these tasks to try and get there but in reverse he leaves all of his friends behind and it just becomes this whole issue very cute movie very very cute i very much enjoyed it oh yeah nice. Good that. little cheesy movie cheesy movie cheesy movie i love all right. cheese with my movies dude how's your week been not terrible. I went on a road trip with my siblings, so that was a lot of fun. Got to spend some quality time together. So, oh, um, that's yeah. sweet. Other than that, I've just been focusing on schoolwork. This past week, we had our advising day, so we're discussing our schedules and setting everything up with that. So it's been 
quite hectic, but also kind of fun. Yeah. Hmm. What about you, Blair? My week was really, really exciting, at least for me and my major and things like that. I got to record my first ever short film. The, the first time I ever had like a true film role. It was incredible. We followed all COVID guidelines. There was less than 10 people and everyone wore their mask. And even though it was kind of different in that sense, it was still amazing. And I'm, I'm so excited to see the finished product. Yes, must I say, me and Alexis are very proud of you for, <laughs> for getting your first film. That's so exciting. Thank oh. you. When, will we be, when is it coming out and how is it coming out? Well, it is a joint effort between all of the classes here in the stage and screen program mm-hmm. so it's going to be edited by a class here oh and it will be ready i think it will be ready next semester that's my understanding okay and they're gonna have a cute little festival where if your film gets chosen it'll be shown on the theater screen outside. it better get chosen i think that's really neat though I-, I very much enjoy to see how majors are changing through mm-hmm. covid yeah I yes. would love to vote for your film. So, <laughs> just saying. Thank you. Thank you. I think it. I think it's gonna turn out really cool. That's mm-hmm. awesome. I think it's gonna. I think it's gonna be really neat. I, I hope it turns out as cool as the other one did with the zoom and everything. I hope it turns out another level of this isn't what you usually see, but hey, this is really neat. <laughs> yes. I think it is new for this program because normally you already have things that you're auditioning for, so you don't really have time for classes to produce their own things like this Mm -hmm. and include everyone in the program. Yeah. So it was just an insane opportunity that has started and it was I love talking about it on the podcast because one day I'm just going to start back listening and being like, oh, look at that. That's the milestone right here. <laughs> I know. That, that's a big milestone. Honestly, being picked alone was really good. Even if it is, even if you got even just a small little role in it, mm-hmm. that's huge, really, in this program. Yes, yes, Especially yes. as a freshman, too. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. It's quite an accomplishment. Yes, ma'am. It's now, wild. would you guys like to hear about the history of political ad campaigns? Of yes. course. Alright, and if anybody is wondering what I am talking about, I am talking about any kind of ad that has a political agenda behind it, and I'm specifically more focusing on presidential political ad campaigns because even though there are more of congressmen and things like that, it is bigger to be able to focus on presidential, and as you know, we see this everywhere, everywhere, everywhere. What do you guys, what immediate thought do you guys think of whenever you see any kind of political ad campaign? What is a a thought that just comes into your mind whenever you see it? Normally, at least these days, the ones that you see on TV are bashing the other candidate. Mm -hmm. So the first thing that comes to my mind is, is that really true? Okay. How do you know if that's true or not? How far does fact go into it? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And June? Kind of like Blair said, it's the bashing on each other and like what if their policies are actually going to come to life yeah and they're in the office Mm -hmm. so stuff like that so overall you guys think a negative view of things whenever you listen to or see an ad you automatically know it's as you said bashing mudslinging it's Mm -hmm. something that is bringing a person into a negative view Yes. Honestly, what kind of political ad is positive? <laughs> All right, yeah. That's a that's a good, good point, and that's exactly what I'm talking about today. Because how we see political ads today, everyone says that they are terrible, and they are. But the truth is, they're not going to go anywhere. And they really have been worse, <laughs> which was crazy to me, because you would think it would get worse with time. 
but truly it's been way worse than what we see today yeah well political ads are how many candidates that are running get their names out that's how they even get the general public to know about them Mm -hmm. yeah because i feel like everyone watches tv that especially if you're looking for like the older audience Mm -hmm. that is going to be watching tv and looking at these ads that they place that it's a good way to at least get in touch with a wider audience than yeah. what a road sign would do. 100%. I mean, TV, and I talk about it later, about how you see it in modern day, but political ads have been around since the 1800s, which I think is insane to think about. And you're thinking about just a TV ad, but the truth of political ad campaigning or campaigning for a political reason has been around since 1800, which was Thomas Jefferson versus John Adams. I know what you're talking about. This is in Hamilton. Oh, oh I should have oh known that. Okay, I got it. I know what you're talking about now. They went door to door, and they were telling people, you should vote for me, but exactly. he was slandering them. Exactly. And to start, Jefferson's fans would often call Adams a monarchist. And you guys might be like, oh, a monarchist? Can they not come out with something better? Okay, let's break this down. I didn't go into detail about every campaign there was, or even every election, especially, I focused on the presidents, but I didn't want to go into detail about how every single one was different. I wanted to more give a bunch of examples so you can see how through time, this didn't give any way for each other to be positive. And I wanted to start with the Thomas Jefferson versus John Adams, but I'm glad you brought that up because I was going to mention before television, before anything, these people were just out in the streets with signs or knocking on doors or going down the street and being like, hey, did you know Jefferson was this? (laughs) My voice made a noise. I'm so sorry. (laughs) This is new for everyone. And a monarchist is tied to the king which we broke away from. So this is a huge thing to be called a monarchist. And while this was absolutely not true at all, it brings up the point that everyone already started lying and that he already had his name slandered in the beginning with being called a monarchist. And then Adam's supporters would call Jefferson an atheist. And in this time, Christianity was very high. Religion was something that everyone looked into. And being called an atheist only slandered your name more. Even if it wasn't true, even if anything happened, it's not a good thing to be called an atheist. Mm -hmm. It is definitely not good for your political campaign. And since there was no TV, someone had actually decided to reimagine it into a modern-day commercial, which I thought was very interesting. And I I do recommend looking it up. But it talked about how they took transcripts of what people said about Jefferson or even Adams, and he put it into a commercial like we would see today. And some of the things against Jefferson he would say would be that if you voted for him, your dwellings would be in flames. Female chastity would be violated and children would be writhing on a pike. Wow. Yes. Wow, that's very vivid. Yes. Very, (laughs) very vivid. That's hardcore. Yes. (laughs) I mean, it's intense, isn't it? They, they took that to a whole new level than yeah. I was expecting. <laughs> I mean, that's what I'm saying. And it's it's very, very violent overall. Mm. It's just a very violent thing. And I'm going to skip forward a little bit to 1828, in which one of the main candidates was Andrew Jackson. I think everybody knows who Andrew Jackson is. <laughs> but he was actually called a murderer for a very long time. His wife was called an adulteress, and his mother was slandered as a prostitute. No one was left untouched in that. No. None of his family was left alone, basically. And that's insane because his his 
political campaign had nothing to do with his wife or his mother. Mm-hmm. And people came in such a personal level and slandered him for his entire family, basically. It's almost like no one cares about what these presidents were going to do while in office. They just cared about them not being president. Yeah. And talking about their character. And it, I mean, and it gets worse, too, because in 1876, Rutherford B. Hayes was one of the candidates, and Democrats claimed he shot and wounded his own mother in a drunken fit of insanity. Oh, I wouldn't vote for that, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it makes you already have a bad image of a person, and then if you think that you're going to vote for him, how many other drunken fits of insanity is he going to have? But how can they prove all this? They can't. These are just slanderous things people have said. I mean, they're... Yeah, I mean, people, you can tie that into, like, any kind of propaganda with anything. It's like they just say something, spreading rumors and creating chaos and creating an image in people's head. Mm Mm-hmm. And in 1884, Democratic candidate Grover Cleveland was one of the candidates at the time. And the Republicans of the time called him a lecherous beast and a moral leopard because he fathered a fatherless child. Yeah, the devil, right? I mean... So he took in an orphan? Yes. And they were mad at him for that? Yes. Well, his, he, oh did have, he did have a mother, as far as I could tell. However, he took him in as, like, a father figure. Mm. Yes, and people were very mad at him, and it created the chant that you guys might have heard of, and it's, Ma, Ma, where's my pa? And then people who would support him would go, Gone to the White House, ha, ha, ha. I mean, at least they came up with the refutal to it. I mean, yeah, at least they being creative, but, like... (laughs) But still, the fact that they had to, you know, slander a poor kid for caring about someone... Yeah, it definitely, yeah, Yeah. it it came off as the kid's fault, and all he did was just take in someone who needed help at the time. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and that's something nice. I would think that would be a good characteristic. You would see that and say, oh, he cares about the less fortunate, quote-unquote, and obviously he would bring that into his presidential campaign yeah Yeah. you would definitely think of it in a kind way looking back on it but at the time yeah that's then now it would be different that to me doesn't even make fun of the and and you can definitely see as as i keep reading these i do want you guys to think of how morals have changed Mm -hmm. because you had you know him being called rutherford b hayes being called drunken and then fit of insanity was what it was called however he was drunk so he had a lot of people that would vote for him would use that as an excuse and everything well how can it be insanity if he was drunk or they would put on mentally ill caps onto people even though there was nothing saying that they were you know mentally ill at all or anything like that and then you have these people chanting at each other ma ma where's my pa Golly. The candidate at all, it would just, to me, make fun of the child who didn't have yeah. a father mm-hmm. and couldn't help it at all. Yeah, because could you imagine being that child who lost their father or didn't know who he was? Mm-hmm. Like, hearing other people like, chant that, like, towards the person you look up to? Yeah. It's heartbreaking. And at this time, it was a time in history where ballot boxes and where you would go to vote, a lot of people would stand around you or there would be a lot of people gathering and a way that they would get you to vote is they would chant at you. 
or they would scream at you and I know it got completely worse and I'm not going to get into the history of voting because I think one of you guys might do that and I don't want to step on your toes by any means. <laughs> I'm not I'm not giving away the history at all, but they really would. They would yell at you and they would scream these little chants or these little derogatory things about whoever you were going to vote about to make sure you do not vote for them. And to me, it would work if someone kept yelling at me to not do something and they kept screaming these derogatory things like he's a murderer or Mm -hmm. he is just a bad person in general and it goes against the morals of the time. I mean, also imagine being the voter when people are sitting around you chanting at you, telling you to vote for this person, but you don't want to. And then if you did, can you imagine how that crowd would react? Like, yeah. Like, you could be in some serious danger. And there are definitely times where that does happen. And I know history shows it very, very clearly. I'm glad that they, at least today... They made it private. <laughs> yes, they had it where you can't even campaign for someone within a certain amount of feet of the building Mm -hmm. that they're having voting at. Yeah, which is for the best, honestly, because if it was still about that time, you know, the more passionate people are about elections, and I can honestly say within these past few years, people have gotten very, very, very passionate about the two candidates or even more candidates, you know, and and I'll talk about that a little bit later about why that is. However, If you still had this time of the only way to get your message out is by yelling at others, you definitely would be able to see violence rising, in my opinion. Yes. And then I want to go ahead and jump to 1952, whenever the first attack ad actually came onto the TV. And this is whenever Democrats would state that Republicans would say one thing and do another. Which we've all heard before. I wouldn't say everybody says that. They're hypocrites. They say one thing, do another. That's a common phrase. It's nothing. No one's ever heard of before, so it doesn't sound very bad. But this is the very first cartoon ad on TV. And what they did is they used a cartoon of a man with two heads to represent the Republicans. Mm -hmm. And someone would ask the question... And then he would say one thing, then turn around and say another. And a girl would say, I think she said that, how can you say one thing and then say another and it be the same thing? Kind of that premise of how can you say both and do both because you can't. And then it would be like, move on, another question. That seems very, very small Mm -hmm. looking back. Because if we had an ad like that today, no one would really bat an eye Mm -hmm. or bash the TV about it anyway. Because that's not extreme Mm -hmm. at all. That's really not anything compared to the previous times where they would say, you are a murderer. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. exactly. And that seems so insignificant, so small. But that was a huge step for ad campaigns because no longer did you have to go all the way to a voting poll and yell at each other. Now you have the ability to get your voice heard on a TV. And while this time was more, you know, more rich people had it, this is still a huge fee for getting out political messages. And in that same year, the GOP started rumors that Democratic Adlai Stevenson, I know I just butchered his name, I'm so sorry, but that he was actually homosexual. And this doesn't seem that bad because we've had gay candidates before. However, for the time... Back then, <laughs> it was not good. <laughs> it was extremely bad for his image in total. It was so, so bad because he was now taking this image of a person who was running for an office and completely slandered so no one would take him seriously. And this also continued with the idea of slandering someone for having black ancestors... And it was just a very bad time of hatred. And 
people putting people into a position of power became so much more about these little personal things and how we started the podcast was we had made fun of Jude for not being able to see (laughs) you had blonde hair and then I was too short but the truth is that's what these political campaigns were based around was these little things that in total wouldn't really make a difference if you were in office at all Mm -hmm. and another thing they really liked to push for was religion they would push your religion until you, I mean, it was insane how many ads I had went through and it talked about solely their religion. And what I wanted to mention was, specifically, was if you were Catholic, you were said that you might listen to the Pope over the people. And that was a huge thing. Yeah. <laughs> this is- they really just took little things that could be true or untrue and just magnified it until oh, people yeah. believed it. Yeah, 100%. And this even, I mean, it pushed very far into even Kennedy. It went to the point where people were fighting that if you were Catholic, oh, you're listening to the Pope. Or if you're this religion, then obviously you don't believe this or this or this. And it just, it became these huge ordeals out of nothing. Yeah. I mean, overall nothing. There, it was like, those are little almost stereotypes that they were adding to a campaign 100 percent. and the truth is whenever i was looking through some of these campaign ads it really didn't talk about their policies at all i know you brought that up earlier and when do you ever see the policies exactly these people were not exact talking about policies they were attacking since the 1800s which to me is insane because oh, yeah. <laughs> how can you fight for so long and no one at any given point in time be like, hey, you know, like we need to stop. This is not solving anything. And I wanted to put out the 1964 Daisy commercial. Have you guys heard of that? No. Mm-mm. All right. Well, the Daisy commercial came out when it was Lyndon Johnson versus Barry Goldwater. And what it was saying was there was this little commercial and... A girl was playing with a daisy. It was a little girl. She was young. And she was playing with the daisy. And in the background, you hear 10, 9, 8. And you hear somebody counting down to zero. Well, as it counts down, it gets closer and closer and closer to the pupil of her eye. It sort of kind of goes black. And then you see a nuclear explosion. Yeah, and it was (laughs) very drastic because you just saw this cute little girl playing in the field of daisies. And she was playing with a little flower. And then suddenly, explosion. What does that mean? It means that Goldwater could not handle nuclear weapons. That's all they wanted to show with that? Yeah. We're also got to think this was during Cold War, right? Yeah, this yeah. was in 1964. And so nuclear weapons was like, America felt defenseless, mm-hmm. so to speak. They wanted someone who wouldn't be afraid to do what needed to be done. Yeah, and with the explosion, it gave out the idea that if you don't vote for Johnson, then Goldwater is going to give you a nuclear war, no matter what. And it elicited a lot of feelings because you have to understand, you know, these people, everyone, the TV is probably about now, it's really becoming widespread, everything. It's only been out for so many years, and as it keeps getting better, and now you have this film, basically, of someone, a little girl that elicits feelings of happiness, and oh, she's so cute, and then mm-hmm. suddenly, a huge explosion, that's going to elicit anger into you. Especially if it was maybe the first time for some people seeing something change that quickly. Yeah. I'm sure nothing like that would have been on TV beforehand. Exactly. Exactly. And you know, you always hear those things where if you were in the movie theater, some people would run out because they got scared that the train was actually coming at them Mm -hmm. because they had never seen it on TV before. You've also got to think this was a time where people had never seen anything like this and their emotions were already high up because you can't tell what is true, what isn't true. 
and how you can fix it. And if you're being blamed that if you vote for this one person that you believe in, there's going to be nuclear war, it's scary. And Carrie had three purple hearts from commanding swift boats in Vietnam. That would be scary, especially if you're just watching TV and you think it's a normal ad and then that changes so fast. Mm -hmm. And a very recent example I do want to talk about is in 2004 with John Kerry versus George W. Bush. But in the commercials, he was completely put down and saying that he aided the enemy because he was against the war. He became an anti-war activist, kind of. And he was completely put down and everybody would say, if you couldn't trust him then, why can't we trust him now? Mm -hmm. I mean, and it's crazy to me to see how someone, you know, fought and then suddenly everybody was like, oh, well, we can't trust you because you don't stand for that anymore. I I don't, I don't understand. This is recent. This is 2004. And I'm not going to get into any elections after that because I think they're still pretty sore topics. However, it's insane how something like this can happen. Yeah. This was on TV for millions of people to see. Billions of people to see. Mm -hmm. Especially then, everyone had a TV by then. Yeah, because this is 2000, 2004. It's, I mean, can you imagine how common this is? And no one thinks about it. And like I said, I'm not going to bring up anything really about this year's or anything like that. But we all know how many political ads we see. We all see how many of them are just straight attacking yeah. They're not teaching, they're attacking. Whenever I watch YouTube and ever they pop like ads pop up, it is crazy the amount of political ads that come up and they're just straight up attacking the other candidate. Like it's it's terrible. Yeah. Like they're not even talking about his what his plans are, what he's wanting to do in office. It's just straight attack on exactly. his personal life. It's not even yeah, it's not even about their politics, it's about their personal life. And the truth is, this has happened forever. But today we see that it seems to get worse. And the reason we think it continues to get worse is because more money is going into it every single year. Yeah. And they are branching out everywhere. Like you said, YouTube, it's on Instagram, it's on Facebook. Yeah. Anywhere that you can see a political ad, it's going to be there. It's not even just that. It's like just on the internet. It's on billboards and road signs Mm -hmm. too. Mm -hmm. It's mailed to you. Yeah. I mean, I see trucks with like giant flags on it. And the reason that they're getting so much money is through PACs and things called super PACs. And a PAC is a political action committee. And a PAC, normal, just regular PAC, they have limited funds that they can give to a political party. And what that does is it goes in to use, there's so much for presidency, so much for a congressman or something through that political party. However, they are limited in their funds. They can only give so much. Mm -hmm. Now, there are things called super PACs. They are the ones with unlimited funds, and they are the ones that typically cause a huge difference between how much money is spent each year. An example of this is Stephen Colbert's funds for political action. He's known to give a ton of money for one of the committees and I, I wanted to just put his name out there because these are these are people these are regular committees of people who are putting so much money into an ad mm-hmm. so that that person can be voted for you know how much money a super bowl ad is how much it's in the millions it's God. Mil- like <laughs> it's a lot because so many yeah. people watch the super bowl i can only imagine how much money they're putting towards 
for election for election years. Mm-hmm. Yes, because they start early. They start at least two years before election day. True, and that's ads. why I've been considering like not every single political campaign lines up every four years because I mean it's every other year, mm-hmm. every two years, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And alone in the 2020 election, it is considered that $9.9 billion will be spent on ad campaigns. That is so dumb. Wow. $9.9 <laughs> billion. Dollars, not could, million. Yeah, that could be going billion. towards something we actually need funding for, like homeless crisis in the United States. Mm-hmm. Or really everywhere. I mean, environmental. Yeah. Like, so many things that money could be put towards, but instead it's putting towards ads so we could vote in someone. And now, I will say that it, that is a forecast. I'm not saying it will be $9.9 billion. I'm not saying it'll be more. I'm not saying it'll be less. However, even if it's near that number, that is an insane, insane yeah. number. And I can speak for me, personally, and I can speak for my family. And you get tired of seeing all of the political ads because the truth is, you stop learning from them. Yeah. You they're, do. Well, you're not even learning anything half the time because it's just politicians attacking each other. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it genuinely seems like money is going down a drain. Yeah. It really does. Yes. And in 2018, whenever congressional elections, because, you know, every two years, $8.7 billion were spent. In 2018, $8.7 billion. And I, I know mm-hmm. I'm stressing that billion, but do you guys know how much a billion dollars is? And it's every two years. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's just insane. And you guys can compare this to 2016, which was, you know, another presidential yeah. election. But that was $6.3 billion in 2016. So you see how many, how much this, this number it's is going, rising. Yeah, it's going up. It's not, Crazy oh amounts. Goodness. Even yeah. if it was just a billion, that's an insane amount. Because if you have a billion dollars, you're mm-hmm. going to have trouble running through that your entire life. Most people can't spend a billion dollars in their mm-hmm. entire lifetime. Because that is... It's insane how much it's money. It's a giant number. Yeah, I know. I just I know I'm stressing oh. that. However, it just blows your mind because yeah, it's so much money. Because they're making ads in magazines or in a book cover or on a billboard or mm-hmm. a little video on YouTube or on Instagram. It's insane how much money goes into these little, little what seems to be so small things mm-hmm. that represent something so huge in America. And what makes it so much worse is the fact that like half the time people don't even want to be watching those ads. I know when I see them on YouTube, I get angry and I'm just like I really don't want to watch this, so I close my computer. Yeah, you like, get where you just want to skip through them. It's exactly. something you don't want to watch. So you guys are might be wondering, well, why do we even do it if it all mm-hmm. makes us mad? And the truth is we do it because it creates a negative story and a narrative about a component. And this is a negative brand makes it less likely to vote for them. And everybody's like, oh my gosh, yeah, that's that's pretty obvious. They obviously would do it for that. Mm-hmm. However, you have to actually sit down and think, if I'm going against, say I'm going against you, Blair, mm-hmm. and I know a little fact about you that no one, that I think everybody will believe, and I know they won't vote for you. Of course I'm going to say it. Yeah, you're going to go tell everybody she hates peanut butter, vote exactly. her out. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Because you know that it elicits this idea that you're a terrible person person for not liking peanut butter and it's not because you have an allergy it's because you're just you're a terrible person (laughs) because it's disgusting exactly because it elicits an anger in people it elicits this idea that you are not worthy enough to rule over others and Mm. i'm not saying rule that this is a monarchy but have some sort of power over others Yeah. yeah yeah Yeah, and I mean, that's why we do it. At the end of the day, that's exactly why we do it. And this is called something 
called pathos. Mm-hmm. Pathos is, and I'm sure we've all heard it in our English lessons, ethos, pathos, and then yeah. pathos just means that it elicits an emotion that something is driving you to feel something. And what it does is it makes you, it makes you feel anger, it makes you feel mad, it makes you feel something toward one of these candidates. These political campaigns, they know it's going to work. Say that to another person. This elicits an entire thing of one person knows it, so another person knows it. And therefore, once it has your attention from these big... They know that they are putting all this money in and it's going to... It's going to change someone's mind. Exactly. Someone's going to see that and say, oh, I believe him. (laughs) And they're not going to think twice about it because it's on TV. Obviously, it's not a lie. And it does that. Exactly. And... In in this culture that we have, gossip is a huge thing. And you guys can tell me whatever you want, but the truth is what it's doing are these ads are gossiping about each other. Mm-hmm. Is it not the same thing if I put a huge poster out that says Blair hates peanut butter versus if I go to Jude and tell her, hey, I don't know if you know this, but Blair hates peanut butter. That's yeah. gossiping. <laughs> That's letting everybody know. That's some lame gossip. I'm going to be honest with you, mm-hmm. but it's gossip. Mm-hmm. And it elicits an idea one way or another because Jude, if she thinks that's some some good tea I'm spilling, she's going to go over to someone else and ideas of propaganda, you now are going to go out and have an action because of it. And if I'm going to keep going with the peanut butter idea because I think it's just such a simple idea that it sounds so stupid, but the Mm -hmm. truth is it runs (laughs) with all of the other things that we've talked about. And if I told Jude and I whisper to her and I say, hey, Blair hates peanut butter, and then she goes out and buys this huge jar of peanut butter and puts it down in front of you and says, you're going to eat this. And she starts a whole chant about you or she gathers a bunch of people to have spoonfuls of peanut butter and like pulled them around you. That elicits an action against you. I'm going to make you eat peanut butter, Blair. <laughs> I don't think so. You can deal with the aftermath of what happens with that. So you have pathos. You have your attention, and then you have action. And people know this works. Now, I do want to preface this really, really quickly, that in total, while campaigns and ads and all these other things are truly negative, there are a few positives that do come out of this. I'm Mm -hmm. not slandering everything about it. I am saying that there is this huge negative thing that we need to get over. However, there is positives because when done right, it can show weak spots in a candidate. Yeah. And I think that's a good thing to understand because if instead I'm focusing of focusing on something personal with Blair, if I ended up pointing out, hey, she doesn't have any idea about, I'm trying to think of a topic, uh, environmental safety. She, yeah. she doesn't know anything about environmental safety. Suddenly Blair realizes her weak spot in the campaign and she knows, hey, I've got to fix this or people are not going to vote for me. Or my supporters would come back and say, oh, I really don't like how Blair doesn't have any standing on this. Let mm-hmm. me vote for someone that does because because this is a policy I need. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there there is positives that come out of these campaigns. However, it's just become more of a, a mudslinging kind of thing rather than she doesn't have a policy on this. And here's the proof. So has it always, has political campaigns and things like this always been like this? Has it never even been a fair fight? There was to one say the least when it was totally unanimous for who was going to become president. That was George Washington. Ever since then, probably not. Yes, that is actually a quote through author 
Joseph Cummins, who actually wrote that only the only clean election was the first one where George Washington ran unopposed because there was no way of slandering oh, every, against him. Yeah, everyone knew George Washington <laughs> was going to be our president. <laughs> yeah, and like you guys said, it's bigger today with social media because now that everything has become instantaneous, it's become I want the information and I want it now. So if you quickly put out an idea of this is what they're doing, you automatically listen, you automatically have your idea in mind, you automatically are ready to vote, and it creates an entire civil discourse around the people. And that is the history of political ad campaigns. Thank you guys so much for listening to the history of political ad campaigns with me. I have enjoyed this topic and I really hope you guys have too. My sources I used were kcet.org, wsj.com, and thehill.com. And with this being released on November 2nd, no matter what political ad you are seeing or campaign you are seeing, please make sure on election day you go vote. Please make sure your voice is heard. And no matter who you are voting for, make sure your opinion gets out there. If you like this episode and you want to see more from us, make sure to follow our Facebook and Instagram page. Both are linked down below in the description. If you have enjoyed our episode so far, please be sure to give us a review. With that being said, we'll see you next time when we dig dig deeper. deeper.